your sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the Sports Desk here on Sin. And what a lovely Monday evening we have in store for you guys. Weather's not great, let's be honest, but um, that's Melbourne for you. I'm your host, Liam Cole. Co-host, Jerry M, is alongside me. And welcome, Jerry. Thanks for having me, Liam. It's a pleasure. Today on this Monday, during Monday, there's lots of news to cover. We might get things rolling with the Rugby World Cup. So South Africa defeated New Zealand in this year's 2023 Rugby World Cup by one solitary point. So talk us through that, Liam, quickly. Yeah, so it was 12-11, wasn't it? And yeah. Springboks, they won last time in 2019. And, yeah, they got the job done. And Black All Blacks, they won't be happy with that. And as well as that, the Wallabies coach, Eddie Jones, has resigned as he was appointed in January on a deal until 2027. He's re- resigned. That's so, uh, pretty amazing, isn't it? So he only lasted about 10 months. Yeah. Then. Yeah. What are these uh, long-term contracts? They're quite strange. Well, I think it goes back to how how a coach can sustain a team. And Eddie Jones, um, the Wallabies didn't even make the knockout stages. So it just shows where they went wrong, I guess. Yeah, they've had a nightmare in this World Cup. And, geez, he doesn't like journalists, doesn't he? He's had a crack at a few in a, in a few of the press conferences. and Yeah. Yeah, he's, um looks like he might be off to Japan, which he's coached before, about a decade ago. But um, not great, the Wallabies. Um you know, on and off the field. So, oh, well, they've won two out of their last nine tests and they've bombed out of the World Cup. So disappointing. But, um, yeah, um, Sammy Boy, not here today. And then we've got Jason. But um, should be a good show. Yeah, no, nah, it should be good with both of us. Um, I, I wonder who's going to be the next uh, coach for Wallabies. That's yet to be announced. It was Michael Checker, I believe, last time. Um, yeah. I'm not sh- too quite sure. Um, maybe a younger coach. Not sure. Maybe. Speaking of young teams, um, we've got to go back to the Matildas. Obviously, they gave us so much joy a few months ago um, with the World Cup, making it all the way to the semis. Um, they're now trying to qualify for the Olympics, um, I'm pretty sure. So Sam Kerr and Caitlin Ford, the two up front, number nine, number 20, Sam Kerr, um, both scored hat-tricks in an 8-0 win over the Philippines. So how did you find that one, Liam? Obviously huge, huge win there against Philippines. They're in great form, aren't they? And all the support that they've got, I think that will help, doesn't it? So um, where was it? The Gabba? No, not Gabba. Suncorp? I think it was, yeah, in Suncorp because, yeah, obviously Matilda's like playing there. Had a decent crowd there again, so of course it's obviously going to weigh heavily with the home ground advantage, as you saw in the World Cup. And I think they've had record crowds in the uh, the W League, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that's awesome to see lots of yep. young girls um, sure. jump into the football chain, and so they should. They honestly deserve it. Um, and what about the Formula One now? We quickly move into Oof. some fast action where Dan Ricciardo, obviously, is back back driving he came seventh in a difficult race he i think he was near the pole position at one stage but then verstappen was too strong in mexico followed by a few others um yeah Yeah, he's 
Who can stop Verstappen, really? He wins all the time, doesn't he? I think it's a record 15th <laughs> win this year, break, equaling what he did last year. So this could be uncharted territory again this year. Obviously, the motor is very important, but you still got to have talent, obviously. Yeah. So, And I don't think he started first in the qualifying. I think he was second or third, but as soon as the race started, he literally bolted through the gates. So let's move on to football. So last week, The Age were reporting Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan were seeking an apology from the Hawthorne Football Club and are facing combined compensation bill of over a million dollars over their handling of the racism saga. So... Uh, obviously not in a great place off the field, Hawthorne, but um, on the field they're not doing as bad. But, um, yeah, just a sad event for, you know, a great football club. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's a shame all the stuff that's happened with Hawthorne Footy Club. I'm sure um, Clarko and Fags um not too happy with what rolled out, but I'm sure Hawthorne will bounce back from it as well. Both parties hopefully can mitigate a deal. For sure, mate. Um, let's move on to the Melbourne Demons, who have won the McClelland Trophy, which is basically the women's and men's results combined on a ladder, and the winner of that gets a million dollars. How good is that? I I didn't know that was an that's, actual re- award. That's incredible. And with that million dollars, they can reinvest it elsewhere, either you know, to grassroots, um, the academies, hopefully, or even just to sign new players maybe yeah I had no idea that was an actual award but I mean Melbourne will take it that's for sure and the Saints I think they were fifth so that's not too bad North Melbourne well they were probably down the ladder a little bit but uh, their women's women's side is doing very well and we'll get to their close loss on the weekend later on the show but um, yeah uh, Sin not doing great at the moment financially Uh, Jerry um, what can you tell us there well, obviously, um, we've had for the past three weeks the keeps in 90.7 FM alive. Um, it's so important to donate now um, on givenow.com.au forward slash save sin. Sin's been a platform for so many of us producers, presenters, you name it, for the past 20 years. It's very important for us to to help donate. Um, we've raised over $50,000 and counting, so... I think we've got bigger goals to try and double that, so it'd be huge if you can donate to hashtag, not hashtag, sorry, givenow.com.au slash save sin. Um, all donations above $2 are tax deductible, so please donate. Yeah, for sure, and it would be really sad that, um, you know, the station that we've just started this year, Jerry, yeah. that it just disappears, which is unfortunate because these resources are great fun, uh, it gives you a sense of belonging, and, you know, we get to learn and develop our craft, so it's really important. We've Luckily, we've been, uh, you know, donated, received, I should say, over $50,000, so that's huge. Yeah, it's honestly incredible. And what what song do we have next, Lynn? Well, so we've got the reins now, so let's just say it's going to be some better songs than what Sammy Boy chooses. But um, let's have a start with Everlong Foo Fighters. You're on the sports desk. Hello and welcome back to the sports desk. That was Taylor Swift. All you had to do was stay. All you had to do was stay, Jerry. 
Yeah, all I had to do was stay. <laughs> now it is time to, for AFLW chat. Yeah, so lots to happen in the AFLW. So just quickly with the results, Gold Coast defeated GWS 48 to 17. Melbourne defeated Fremantle 61 to 28. Essendon defeated Carlton 88 56 to 3 624. St Kilda 55 defeated Brisbane 34. West Coast Eagles lost to Bulldogs 44 to 36. Richmond lost to Geelong Cats 49 to 11. Sydney Swans defeated Collingwood 58 to 39. Adelaide Crows 41 defeated North Melbourne 38. And rounding out this week's results, Hawthorne 6-4-40 defeated Port Adelaide 5-2-32. Huge round, wasn't it? Tipster's nightmare. Absolutely. I haven't got nine out of nine all season. So, and the season's gone really, really quickly last round this weekend. So I was really impressed by the Saints who stunned the Lions beating them in Moorabbin. And the Saints wanted it more. It... The Lions costed uh, themselves a double 50-metre penalty uh, early in the first oh, last quarter, I should say, by Ali Hampson, who gave Patrikios uh, an easy goal to extend their lead to 27 she points. She played well, didn't she? Yeah, she's really good, well. fantastic. That goal. So that goal was huge, extended their lead, the Saints, to 27 points at the start of the first, first term. term. And, um, yeah, that was really it. Jesse Wartlaw played against her for, former team, set the tone with two goals, one, 14 disposals. Toyana Smith, Saints midfielder, is really explosive. And, you know, she got a great goal, 18 disposals, 15 of them contested, and a few clearances. So pretty good from the Saints. So they're in with a chance to play finals. They need a win against the Blues, Sam's Blues, uh, on the weekend on Sunday. So, And they also need the Suns, Cats or Swans to lose, at least one of them. So I think, you know, definitely if they can beat the Lions, who are in the top four. Um, easily in the top four, yeah. Yeah, I think they can beat the Blues easily. How did North go? Small loss. Yeah, well, disappointing. I actually caught up with Emma Carney today, um, captain of the Rouge Girls. Um, disappointing loss because we led it the whole game pretty much and then Adelaide kicked the final goal. So the highlights there were Marinoff with 29, Hatchard 32. Um, Gould also kicked a few goals and also behind. Um, disappointing there because North's record against the Lions, Dees and Crows is 2-14. and 14, So North can't seem to beat the top... Top four sides, Liam. Which is that? Is, is that a concern? It's a possible concern coming mm. to finals. But then, then again, you saw how the girls played yesterday in a tightly fought match. They're capable of playing good footy. Just um, four quarters is a question. Yeah, it was a fantastic game. I feel like the crowds have been really good these past past couple of weeks with the better weather. So uh, the Crows, they've secured a top two spot. The three-time champions, yep. they're on fire. And I just felt watching the last two minutes back that the umpires definitely forgot their whistle. Um, I think Randall probably should have got a free kick for chopping in the arms about 20 metres out straight in front. So mm. I think that's a pretty big loss um, for the Roos, but they still will play top four. Yeah. Well, there's another good game with the Cats who are sitting in seventh position right now. So they defeated Richmond, who were looking to bounce back after the loss, but could not bounce back. So 
49, uh, 6-13-49, sorry. So they had a lot of chances and squandered a few, but Richmond were kept to 1-5-11. And Georgie Prisparkis, I love watching her play. She had a lot of more than 10 contested touches there and also finished with a goal and 27 touches, mm. along with Parry with a goal, two behinds, 16 touches. So you can tell that Geelong, if they win again, they could could be a smoky in come finals time. Who are your tips? I know it's early, but who are your tips to win the flag? I'm still backing oh. <laughs> Really? Okay. What well, they are very good. Um, I think the Lions have been really sloppy. I mean, just about that double... 50-metre penalty they gave away. It just sums up their season so far. Yes, they're very talented. They'll make top four. But even Craig Stasevic, the coach, hasn't really been happy with their fitness as well. So I think that's... um, I don't think they'll win it. Um, Probably Melbourne. I think think they're undefeated. Maybe one loss. One Um, loss, I think, yeah. I think the Crows beat them. So I think definitely think the Crows can definitely take it up to them. North lost to them. But, um, yeah, it's definitely up in the air, and it's a, definitely a tipster's nightmare. The Dogs, they got their first win of the season under yeah, Nathan Burke, and Ali Blackburn, the skipper, got 32 disposals. Very good. So um, it's definitely up in the air, the AFLW season. What have you got? Anything else for the AFLW? Yeah, so just quickly, Liam, we got four teams sitting on 20 points each. So. Wow. You got the Cats, the Swans, St Kilda, and the Pies. Um, so the last round is going to be a telling factor because it's it's about who's going to win the last round, and we'll see. I think the Saints might be a chance, or also the Cats as well to squeeze into that top eight. And that last game of the regular season, Fremantle v Sydney. So Sydney are eighth place, Fremantle are thirteenth. That could definitely um, be a you know the Saints' game if they are to go back in the team. Obviously, given they, you know, if they have to beat Carlton, which they do, Fremantle smashed the Saints the week before in WA by about 36 points. So I think that's definitely a telling game. And then you've got Collingwood v Richmond, 10th v 12th. And on the same day, you've got the Blues and Saints game. So the last day of October... Well, not not really, uh, but... Um, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. So um, definitely plenty to play out. You've got some basketball. Yeah, we do. Awesome. Let's play the stinger, mate. <laughs> if we've got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. No. Oh, here defense, we go. defense. Defense! I don't need this. <laughs> oh, we've got it. Well, there's been a lot of NBA happening today. So, first of all, today the Nuggets 128 defeated Thunder 95. The Hawks defeated the Bucks 127 to 110. Warriors 106 over Rockets 95. The 76ers 126 to 98. Sacramento Kings 132 to 127. And the Clippers defeating Spurs by 40 points, 123 to 83. Just quickly with those games. Um, the one I wanted to focus on was the Nuggets defeating the Thunder by 33 points. Um, Jokic there again, just pure class, another double-double, 28 and 15 rebounds. And Jamal Murray, his sidekick, also 19 points. Um, we've had a few results from the past few days. So going back to the Sixers v Raptors a few days ago, Maxi 
and Embiid 34 combined, and then Barnes from the Raptors with 24. And then Timberwolves defeated the Heat 106 to 90 with Reed dropping 25, Edwards in 19. Um, There's another close, actually, OT today. Save the best for last. Um, the Kings and Lakers. So Kings won 132 to 127, but it was in overtime. So the main uh, main scorer was Darren Fox with 37. Also Monk dropping 22 to help the Sacramento Kings defeat Lakers. There's a few matches for tomorrow to look out for. So the Celtics and Wizards from 10 a.m. tomorrow. Bulls and Pacers from 10 a.m. And Blazers and Raptors from 10.30 tomorrow. Is it, how's the new recruits gone, if you know? Um, well, actually, there's been another bombshell. So the Hawks beat the Bucks. And the Bucks, as, as we already know, had Giannis yeah. and... Yeah. Um, Game together, so they they played well previous games, but this one, Trey Young and um, a few others stopped them today. So, what about NBL? You got any NBL news? Yeah, there's a little bit of NBL too. Awesome. Um, so on Thursday we had the 36ers defeat Breakers 97 to 85. The Hawks defeated Taipans 84 to 83. Melbourne United 90 defeated Jack Jumpers 82. The Bullets, 84 to Wildcats, 79. Phoenix, 103, defeated the Breakers, um, 100. Taipans, 87 to 80. And Kings, Melbourne United, 96 to 84 against the Hawks. And then the Bullets, 90 over Jack Jumpers, 87. So lots there. Just to quickly unpack with that United game yesterday, Chris Goulding, obviously former, played in the Olympics, dropped 33, so that got them the win. And then a double-double by Williams, 21 and 13, and Creek 20 helped the Southeast Phoenix beat the Breakers. So that's all your basketball news there. Wow. How good is that? That was basketball and the AFLW wrap there. And we're going to take a break. Cricket World Cup time next. But first, 10.35, Tiesto, Tate McRae. You're on the sports desk. So that was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication. Liam, I believe we've got some cricket. We sure do, Jerry. Let's get it on. What have we got, Liam? All right. So let's just see. The Aussies prevailed in a thriller against the Kiwis on Saturday night, winning by five runs in a high-scoring affair. So the Aussies batted first, and they were off to a flyer thanks to David Warner and Travis Head back into the side after a broken hand suffered just before the tournament against South Africa. And uh, he was fantastic. They went up to a flyer, 60 runs in the first five overs. New Zealand quick Matt Henry was put under pressure early, resulting in him, in him bowling two front foot no balls, which not was probably not a great start for the Kiwi. And that was in a row, and that was resulted in quick Lockie Ferguson getting hit for six first ball, the next over, and David Warner and Travis Head. That was some fantastic ball striking. David Warner went on to make 181 off 65 balls, and Travis Head made 109 off 67 balls. Then the Kiwis pegged the Aussies back in the middle order with some good spin bowling by Glenn Phillips, who's more, not only an all-rounder, but more of a part-timer. 
But uh, another surge from Maxwell, Josh Inglis and Pat Cummins gave them a huge score of 388. The Cummins and Josh Inglis partnership was 62 of 22 balls. Cummins scored 37 of 14, Jerry. That was some great ball striking, which proved pivotal. Jerry at the back end of the game. Then it was the Black Caps' turn on a small ground, and they were playing on a road. Some of these grounds in India have just been horrendous. The surfaces are so sandy and it's dangerous for fielding. So I think the ICC needs to have a look at that. But um, Devin Conway and Will Young made some positive starts, but only starts. But then the 23-year-old Rashan Ravindra, who is a bit of a prodigy uh, for New Zealand. He was fantastic. He scored 100, um, 116, in fact, of 89 balls. But when the Aussies got him, you know, we probably thought it was probably game over, but then Jimmy Neesham was introduced and almost dragged his team over the line. He was fantastic, got 58 of 36 balls, but uh, the score was too much in the end. And I think someone like Tom Latham, the wicketkeeper for New Zealand, is a bit of a elephant in the room. I feel like he holds the Kiwi middle order back with his low strike rate and uh, just lack of strokes. Um, you know, he's not able to play 360 degrees like most explosive middle order batsmen these days. Like, you know, you look at the South... Yeah, the... Maxwell, Inglis, they can all play 360. And then you got South Africa with Markram, Class, and David Miller. And then the Indian team, they can all play 360. He can't. So I think someone like Devin Conway and Glenn Phillips, who can keep, um, I think they probably after this tournament, it's probably too late now, but I think um, they should take over the reins. And then Lockie Ferguson hurt his Achilles, the fast bowler. He only got to bowl three overs, so that was a huge loss during the game. And even bigger one, if Tim Southey isn't right to bowl for the final, so their fast bowling depth is a bit of a worry and might hold them back late in the tournament. So, um, yeah, great game. One of the best games you'll see. And um, the Aussies, I think they've won four, five in a row after... Oh, no, four in a row after losing their first two. And then we go to last night's game when England were kicked out of the tournament officially by India as we speak. The Poms are... You know, bottom of the ladder, which is just great to see. Even <laughs> the Dutch, are, they've won, I think, two wins, and then two games, yeah. England have only won one, and they've still got to play Australia, which should be a Ooh. good game. Um, so, yeah, that's great to see. And then um, in the game, India batted first, but lost three quick wickets with some good bowling by Wokes, Wood and Willie, who haven't been in great form for this tournament, but they really bowled well. Put uh, dot ball pressure on Virat Kohli, resulting him in getting out uh, for a duck off about seven balls. And then uh, some good batting by Surya Kumar Yadav and Rohit Sharma got them back into, a ga- back into the game with a respectable total of 229. Rohit Sharma made 87. He's having a great tournament, Jerry. And yeah. he, I think he's 36. So he's and that still... was a man of match performance as well, by the way. Yeah, for sure. And um, he's a beautiful ball striker, Rohit Sharma. And then backed it up with four for 22 as well. Yeah, Shami was fantastic, wasn't he? And then the Poms got skittle with the bat. Ben Stokes, he looked very... Uh, 
you know, ordinary to his standards, looks probably underdone. So he got out for a dark off nine balls, just couldn't get uh, bat on ball really and then panicked. Mohamed Shami was, as you said, brilliant uh, and he's fought his way back into the team replacing Shuttle Taku, who's more of an all-rounder and um, he started the tournament in the team, Shuttle Taku, but um, I think Shami's bowling is much superior than Shuttle Taku's for sure. So Shami ended up getting four for 22. So he's back with the wickets and Jasper, uh, Jasper Bumrah, three for 32. So their bowling quartet alongside Mohamed Sh- uh, Siraj is fantastic. And it's probably why they're the favourites, Jerry. Um, what have you made of the World Cup over the weekend? Yeah, well, it's good to see Australia win again. Just quickly on that, in- Inglis with, um, with that run out, he kind of dived and then yeah. Yeah, got Nisham out, which is awesome to see. I think if the Aussies can beat England again and show their prowess, there could be a chance. But I think India's the team to to beat because they can play 360. Like, you got Rohit Sharma. Obviously, Kohli didn't perform last game, mm-hmm. but he, he's still a very, very capable um, middle-order player. And then you've got the likes of Shami and Bumrah, who Bumrah can hit... 150 clicks an hour yeah. he's on. So, And if you look closely at his run-up, he literally walks in. He's only got about 10 steps, and it's quite amazing that, you know, he can bowl so quick with that run-up. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I think India, obviously, they're the most talented team. Their population is huge, but that also comes with a lot of pressure. So they haven't won a World Cup trophy since 2013, the IC champions trophy so they've choked in a lot of semi-finals and finals so um it's not you know guaranteed that they'll win but i think they should at home especially but don't always count out australia they've been great and then south africa as well so there's also there's been a lot of cricket so cricket season sort of started already Sheffield Shield, let's go to that. Victoria beat New South Wales in the Shield. Fergus O'Neill, man of the match. Little medium pacer who can swing it both ways. He and then scored 70. No. Yep, so he's a bit of an all-rounder. Plays for Melbourne Cricket Club in Premier Cricket. Very good player. Up and coming. And then WA beat SA. And then Tassie fought back to beat Queensland. So that was your World Cup wrap there so we'll take a break plenty more coming up on the show including the premier league and the a league but first this is wake me up by avici welcome back to the sports desk you're on sin and that was wonderwall by oasis now it is time to talk about some premier league Yeah, so lots to cover in the Premier League. So the Spurs remain on top with a 2-1 win over Crystal Palace. Chelsea lost 2-0 to Brentford. Arsenal 5-0 over Sheffield United. And Eddie Enkita uh, kicked a free... or oh, scored a hat-trick, sorry. He was huge. Yeah, he was. Bournemouth 2-1 over Burnley. Wolves drew with Newcastle 2-0. Everton 1-0 over West Ham. Brighton Fulham 1-0. Aston Villa 3-1 against Luton Town. Liverpool... Another huge win, 3-0 over Nottingham Forest. And the, the derby, well, Man United, Man City, it wasn't really a derby at all because Man City won comfortably 3-0 at Old Trafford, Haaland with a brace. So Man City are still second. They are two points away from Tottenham. And moving into A-League stuff, you've got 
with Brisbane Roar defeating Sydney FC 3 0, Wellington Phoenix defeating Perth Glory 2 1, Western Sydney Wanderers 5 0 over Western United, MacArthur 2 1 over Central Coast, Victory 5 3 winners over Newcastle Jets. That was a great game to watch, very closely fought. And then Adelaide United defeating Sammy's Melbourne City six wow. nil. So, did you see that goal from the young seventeen-year-old Nestori Arancuda? That was huge. It was a free kick outside uh, from the box, and that was fantastic. That was their first goal in the first fifteen minutes, and I'm not sure what happened there. It's six nil. That's huge. That is a thumping. Two losses in a row isn't it, for City, which, um, you know, they've got a good budget. They've got some really good players, but just not in great form so far. I think losing Glover has been tough for them, the goalie. Yep. Yep. And even Liverpool's form, moving on to Premier League, he's got Mohamed Salah for Liverpool. He has 15 goals in the last 14 Premier League home games in Anfield and three assists. So he definitely loves... um, Anfield, that's for sure, Jerry. Yeah, he does, and he showed it um, this weekend, didn't he? Yeah, for sure. Um, any anything else that took your eye? Well, the fact that the Spurs are still on top, and it's nearly Christmas. I mean, and just oh, having yeah. a ball, isn't he? Yeah, he's been fantastic, hasn't he? Twenty six points, and then Arsenal second. They're pretty good. In Ketia hat trick, he was fantastic. But um, that pretty much wraps up the sports desk for this Monday edition. Hopefully Sammy and Jason are back Friday evening, but let's be honest, it's probably better. Jerry and I, I was your host, Liam Cole, co-host Jerry M. Thanks for your company, and we'll see you later.